WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Thursday, July 13th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds. Today could see an afternoon thunderstorm. The high 89. Tonight, over. Overnight, scattered showers, low 75. And then tomorrow, clouds, thunderstorms possible in the afternoon, high 85. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 71 clear in Sleepy Hollow up in Westchester, 66 and clear in Sussex in New Jersey. And it is 75 and clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Yesterday, I took to the neighborhood basketball court as I sometimes do go out alone usually with the basketball start taking shots and invariably i'll get invited to play in a game and always by the way i am the oldest person on the court by about 150 years so uh and i'll play and usually you know i I don't always keep up but i do all right enough that they want me to play so uh yesterday uh, just was not a smart move on my part. So I go out to play, and there I am taking a couple shots, and then the kids there invite me to play. Kids, I don't know, they're in their, look like they're teenagers, 20s most, it's hard to tell. I'm playing, and after a while, I realized, oh my God, I, I, I realized, uh, maybe two thirds of the way through this game, that I'm old. For the first time, I really felt that way, like I was, uh, panting. Now, maybe it was because it was 800 degrees outside, but I was panting. And at one point, I kind of had to slap someone's hand on the sideline and they got in the game and played. And I, that has not happened to me. So I, I wanted to blame it on the heat and say, okay, it was just really hot. And at one point, this is, this is where I realized I turned the corner of being old is, uh, I, I checked out of the game and one of the kids came up to me and, and said, are you okay, mister? I was like, oh, he just called me mister. Oh, this is terrible. And then this morning, when I got up this morning, and this hasn't happened to me either. I guess maybe I've been lucky. But uh, when I got up this morning, I had a little bit of a limp going on. Somewhere along the way during this hardcore game, I had hurt my left leg. So I'm not a major limp, but a minor limp. I'm not even sure what it's from. I'm still feeling a little exhausted. And more importantly... For the first time yesterday, I could say I felt old, and man, it sucks. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. A Manhattan road rage incident turns deadly. Christopher Ray on the hot seat in D.C. New Yorkers fear they could be the next crime victim. Wait, what are they doing at Starbucks? Britney Spears speaks out about being slapped. All right, let's get into it. 503, we'll start on the Upper East Side. A case of road rage between two drivers turns deadly on East 60th Street. This was about 4 o'clock yesterday. There was a guy in a big Chevy pickup truck, another guy in a Volkswagen Jetta. Something happened along East 60th Street. It's not clear, but the guy in the Chevy pickup truck got out of his car, slashed the back tires of this Volkswagen Jetta. Inside that Jetta was a dad and his kids. When the guy in the Chevy pickup truck went to do the front tires, things got a little intense. I don't know why the fight started. I just saw the guy stop in the car, 
gets out of the car, argues a little bit, comes back to the car, grab a knife, goes back, slides the back tire, you know, the, the, front, the front one, goes in front of the car. The next thing that happens, the driver literally goes through. Yeah, the driver in the Jetta, fearing that this guy who had now slashed his back tires might do something, I guess, to his family or to his car, to put on the gas and slam this pickup driver into the front of a store on East 60th Street. It killed him. The guy with the knife in the Chevy truck, he's dead. The guy who was in the car, not clear. He's a 26-year-old, whether he will be arrested or not, no word what. But there was lots of uh, onlookers, including Mayor Adams, by the way, who raced to the scene to see what was going on yesterday. They're going to do an investigation, and they're going to determine what's the best thing uh, what exactly happened here. Yeah, I mean, these road rage incidents, it's never worth it. And unfortunately, we do so many of these stories. The driver of the Jetta remained on the scene, taken into police custody for questioning. But a lot of eyewitnesses say we don't blame him for what he did. He might have feared that his life was in danger. What would you expect? How would it be your reaction if you had your family inside of the car? A car, a car like, pulls over. He was blocking the other car to move and get out of the parking as well where he was he wasn't given space so he literally like what would you do ma'am district attorney's office already involved will determine if that driver who pinned the other one against the wall killing him will face any charges 505 let's go out to newark the wake for one of the two newark firefighters killed in last week's cargo ship fire held yesterday a friend a 45-year-old Augusto Acabao, who was killed in the fire, say he will be desperately missed. Whenever you need him, he was there. He would do anything for anybody. He always was laughing, always kept everybody up high. I mean, I'm sure going to miss him. I'm sure we all are. A beautiful guy, happy, caring, happy, yeah. giving helpful, a really wonderful person. And these wonderful moments at this wake yesterday, such a sad time for the 45-year-old's family, is the people who show up who did not know the firefighter but wanted to salute him and tell his family how sorry they were. And there was a lot of people in line like that. I was a North police officer for 26 years and I have a fraternal brothership with the fire department too. You always think about like, oh, you're supposed to help me, you're supposed to help me, but no one thinks about all the dangerous things they have to go through and the families. Yeah, Akabu's family, uh, the funeral rather, will be held this morning at 10 a.m. Meantime, Wayne Brooks Jr., who was the other firefighter killed in that cargo ship fire, his wake will be today. His funeral will be tomorrow. WABC News Time 509. Let's go down to D.C. Long day for Christopher Ray, the FBI director who was on the hot seat before the House Judiciary Committee yesterday. Lots of questions being thrown his way. Um, one of them was whether the FBI played any role in the planning of the January 6 riots at the Capitol. Here's what Ray had to say. This notion that somehow the violence at the Capitol on January 6 was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources and agents uh, is ludicrous. He called it all the accusations of disservice to FBI workers. It's a disservice to our brave, hardworking, dedicated men and women. Yeah, there have been these claims undercover federal agents or informants helped plan and carry out 
the January 6th riots. I'm not sure there were undercover agents uh, on scene. And then you had House Republicans taking aim at Ray over a court order limiting the Biden administration's communications with social media companies. The court ordered the White House, DOJ and FBI, among others, to immediately cease colluding with and coercing social media companies to suppress American speech. Of course, conservative speech in particular. Congressman Mike Johnson, Louisiana, there says the order explains in detail that the FBI was involved in what he says is the most massive attack against free speech in U.S. history. Now, a judge ruled earlier this month that the administration likely violated First Amendment by working with social media companies to suppress unfavorable views relating to the pandemic. So Ray asked about all this yesterday. The court found that Quote, this seemingly unrelenting pressure by the FBI and the other defendants had the intended result of suppressing millions of protected free speech postings by American citizens. FBI director, though, Christopher Wray pushing it back against that as well. The FBI is not in the business of moderating content or causing any social media company to suppress or censor. That is not what the court has found. Yeah, so Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan also going after Ray, pressing the head of the FBI over a memo suggesting the Bureau should begin infiltrating Catholic churches. Do you think priests priests should be informants inside the church, Director? We do not recruit, open, or operate confidential human sources to infiltrate, target, report... But that's not, uh, what, religious this, that's not what this said. This is all related to an internal memo that was leaked from the FBI's Richmond, Virginia office earlier this year, suggested Catholics likely had links to violent extremists. And in that hearing yesterday, Jordan accusing the FBI of targeting Catholic Americans for their religious beliefs. Sounds like you were trying to do it in no, Richmond, Virginia. No, sir. No, sir. No, you weren't? Sir. This, this didn't happen? You can assure us that this didn't happen? That product did not, to as best as we can tell, result in any investigative action as a result of it. FBI Christopher Ray saying the FBI does not target religious organizations and ordered that the memo be removed once he learned about it. Either way, long day for Christopher Ray. Not clear how much new information we learned there, but a lot of interesting back and forth in Congress yesterday. 512, uh, President Biden says NATO will never waver in its support of Ukraine as the country defends itself from Russia's invasion. They're wrapping up that two-day NATO summit in Lithuania. Our commitment to Ukraine will not weaken. We will stand for liberty and freedom today, tomorrow, and for as long as it takes. The president calling out Russian President Vladimir Putin by name, saying Putin uh, wrongly believed NATO would break apart when he launched his invasion uh, more than a year ago. NATO is stronger, more energized, and yes, more united than ever in its history. Indeed, more vital to our shared future. He thought our unity would shatter at the first testing. He thought Democratic leaders would be weak, but he thought wrong. And then the president meeting uh, yesterday with Ukrainian President Zelensky, a little bit on that meeting. It's a hell of a price to pay. And people are realizing that uh, um, they just can't stand by and let this kind of aggression Biden promising Zelensky that the U.S. working as fast as it can to get Ukraine everything it needs to fend off the Russians. The United States is doing everything we can to get you what you need as rapidly as we can get it to you. There's no, there's no, I don't want to, 
everybody just said okay and sign on. Yeah, he's talking about the fact that uh, Ukraine has not joined NATO yet. He says uh, Ukraine will be welcomed in after this war is over. I look forward to the day when we're having the meeting celebrating your official membership in NATO. 514. Larry Nasser, who was sentenced to decades in prison for sexually assaulting female athletes when he worked at USA Gymnastics in Michigan State University, was stabbed at a Florida prison earlier this week after making a comment while watching a woman's tennis match on TV. NBC News reports the inmate suspected of stabbing the former sports doctor was set off by Nasser's remark about wanting to see girls play in the Wimbledon tournament. The report adds that Sunday's attack happened in Nasser's cell. It's believed he was stabbed roughly 10 times and suffered a collapsed lung. Nasser was sentenced to decades in prison for sexually assaulting female athletes when he was working at USA Gymnastics and Michigan State University. I'm Brian Shook. Man, it's been hot out uh, west. I mean, here for the last couple of days, but nothing like there. Blistering heat keeps building over the southwest where a heat wave that could be the longest on record has been bearing down on Phoenix. Meteorologist Michelle Grossman detailing that the rising temperature is going to hang around. 78 million people impacted by heat alerts. We have excessive heat warnings throughout the west. We have heat warnings throughout the south central states as well. And this is why we're looking at temperatures 112 today in Phoenix, 107 in Las Vegas, we're looking at 114 in Palm Springs. It's warm, too, near 100 degrees in Pueblo. Yeah, daytime highs in Arizona's biggest metro area have been in triple digits every day for a month. And it's been either over 110 uh, or 112, uh, rather over 110 for 12 days in a row. And uh, they say that streak is going to continue, that hot weather going to continue. I mean, it's obviously it's summertime, but not that hot usually. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77WABC Sports Desk. Happy Friday Eve, Justin Ellick. Well, happy Friday Eve to you as well, Gnome Aladen. And uh, with the current midsummer lull here in sports action, it was the perfect night last night for the 2023 ESPYs, the annual award show that celebrates the best players, teams, and moments in the world of sports. Notable winners on the night they included the Kansas City Chiefs winning best team, their quarterback Patrick Mahomes winning best men's athlete, the skier. Uh, Michaela Schiffrin, Schiffrin, I should say, winning best women's athlete. Shohei Otani taking home best MLB player. Con McDavid taking uh, home the award for the NHL. Nikola Jokic for the NBA. Scotty Scheffler uh, took home the award for golf. While Novak Djokovic did the same for tennis. All of these moments were great known, but none bigger than the announcement LeBron James had for the audience regarding his future in the NBA. When the season ended, um, I said I wasn't sure if I was going to keep playing. And I know a lot of experts told you guys what I said, but I'm here now speaking for myself. I don't care how many more points I score or what I can or cannot do on the floor. The real question for me is, can I play without cheating this game? The day I can't give the game everything on the floor, the day I'll be done. Lucky for you guys, that day is not today. Well, lucky for us. Yeah. Wow. I, mean, it, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> He's just waiting for his kid, though, right? That's the whole thing. He wants to play with his yeah, kid one season. Yeah, which is why it was so stupid at the end of the season. He's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Wait, his kid's how old? His kid is going into college next year. He's going to be a freshman at USC oh, next year. So he so. has to do two years, and then he can yeah, play, exactly. right? Okay. Exactly. So James will become just a sixth player, though, no, in NBA history to play in his 21st season or beyond joining Dirk Nowitzki, Kevin Garnett, uh, Robert Parrish, Kevin Willis, and Vince Carter. Carter has the record with 22. He made the announcement, uh, James did last night after accepting the award for best record-breaking performance for passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar 
as the league's all-time leading scorer. He'll be 39 years old in December. Also yesterday, Major League Baseball revealed their international tour for next season, announcing that the Los Angeles Dodgers and San Diego Padres will play MLB's first regular season games in South Korea, opening next season in Seoul on March 20, uh, 20th and 21st. The Houston Astros and Colorado Rockies will play in Mexico City on April 27th and 28th, in addition to the two-game series in London on June 8th and 9th between the New York Mets and Philadelphia Phillies, which was announced last month. And, Noam, you've got your women's semifinals today in uh, Wimbledon uh, in singles, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time this morning. It'll be uh, from Ukraine, Alina Svit Olina versus Czech Republic's Marketa Vondrusova. Well, and, did you uh, practice? That? No, not at all. That was the first time I've been. I've, I've seen those names ever in my entire life. And later on, no, at 10 a.m., it'll be. And here we go. This, these are better. Uh, Owns Jopper okay. versus uh, Arena Sabalenka. That one was easy. So, there you go, Noam. That's sports. <laughs> I'm Justin Ellicott, nice. 77 WABC. Nicely done, Justin. WABC News Time 520 reports say hackers based in China breached U.S. government email accounts. CNN reporting hackers breached two executive branch agencies, including the State Department. We did two things immediately. One, we took immediate steps to secure our systems. And two, uh, took immediate steps to notify Microsoft of the event. State Department spokesman Matthew Miller would not comment on who may have carried out the attack, but said the activity was detected last month. The incident remains under investigation, and we continuously monitor our networks and update our security procedures. The stay in Washington, U.S. Environmental Protection Agency strengthening federal requirements for the removal of lead-based paint, which continues to be a huge problem right nearby us in Newark, New Jersey. And that's where the deputy administrator, Janet McCabe, made the announcement yesterday. Basically, it's going to set more protective levels that let us know when lead needs to be cleaned up and when that cleanup has been done properly. She says the standards will be followed by risk assessors, inspectors, licensed contractors. Since 2021, the EPA has put billions of dollars towards lead pipe and paint removal across the nation. Newark Mayor Ross Baraka taking part in this press conference yesterday. Being able to invest this kind of money to help us rid lead out of people's homes permanently is incredibly important for us in the city of Newark and for people across this country. Yeah, so much of this infrastructure aging. And EPA, we don't usually talk in terms of billions of dollars, uh, but thanks to this incredible legislation, we are uh, have money to put out into the community to address lead pipes just like you've done here in Newark. All right, 522. Over a third of student borrowers spent money they thought would be forgiven. A new poll from Intelligent.com shows the borrowers were confident they'd receive relief under President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. More than half say they're unprepared for payments to restart as planned in October. The Supreme Court said the president didn't have the authority to cancel such a large amount of consumer debt without authorization from Congress. I'm Lisa Taylor. Lots of people following this story. The escaped prisoner, Mike Burham, remains on the loose after a nearly week-long hunt for the dangerous fugitive. Burham's former girlfriend says he's a smart guy and he loves to strategize, and that might be why they just can't find him. They just thought he was the everyday guy who was going to sit there complacently. And um, I believe that 
from the minute they caught him, he was probably planning an escape. The homicide suspect, who said to have survivorless skills, busted out of a Pennsylvania jail through the uh, roof overnight last Thursday. Police have been searching a nearby rugged wooded area, also looking in nearby Chautauqua County, New York. The 34-year-old has been leaving behind small campsites as he continues to evade what are 150 searchers and dogs. So far, they have been unable to find him. He has outsmarted them, even setting up these campfires and leaving them going as he leaves to the next location. Uh, but, uh, you know, at some point, maybe his gig will be up. 524, let's go up to Vermont. The cleanup goes on there after just historic flooding pummeled the state. In Montpelier, the capital, a resident there, Kimberly Pierce, says her house is a mess. It might be a loss. We're, we're up pretty high on the hill away from Montpelier. But all of a sudden, my, my basement was flooded, um, and it was just because of the water coming through the ground. And uh, 80 roads across the state have been closed because of damage from the flooding. Many of those roads still shut down this morning. The Vermont Army and Air National Guard have been activated to help with rescue and cleanup efforts uh, statewide. All the rescue efforts are done, but the cleanup's still underway. The waters are now receding, and I just came back from downtown, and it's all mud. Basically, yeah. If you've seen any of the video of this, Montpelier, just a complete mess. What a great town, by the way. Beautiful place in Vermont. Let's go down to Florida. A Florida judge allowing and reenactment of the Parkland mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High in a civil suit that's been filed by victims' family members. Broward Judge Carol Phillips says the reenactment should take place by August before school starts and the cost of the reenactment should be covered by the parties requesting it. The victims' families have filed a civil suit against the former school resource officer, Scott Peterson, who was acquitted for his inaction during a criminal trial. Now both Peterson and the families want to conduct their own reenactment which the judge said needs to be done on the same day. Karen Curtis, Miami. 525 now. Inflation is up, but actually less than expected. Business reporter Brian Chung says that the Consumer Price Index reports a mixed bag. Food and shelter did get cheaper. Again, shelter, the largest expenditure for most American households, although energy prices did go up because gas prices did take a leg up between May and June. The CPI report showed inflation went up just 0.2% in June. They thought it was going to be high. For Americans, things are getting cheaper in some categories. They're sort of getting more expensive, broadly speaking. But again, the Federal Reserve and economists that are looking at this report, they're getting encouragement from the fact that those numbers are coming down. 526, you know that tip screen you get in so many places now, like Starbucks, ice cream, no matter where you go, you touch that screen to pay. It asks you how much you want to tip. Sometimes you say, no, I don't want to tip. Well, employees at a Starbucks in California suspected of adding unwanted tips to credit cards orders and apparently this happens a lot of places not just this starbucks in california but they say they're investigating after a woman reported an unwanted tip being added to her bill on at least two occasions i asked her for the receipt and she just kind of had like a kind of a shock look that i even asked i was talking to a friend on the phone at the time i was just like this girl added a tip of course i said like way different yes yeah, so, you know they turn around that screen if you don't touch it they have sometimes employees touch it themselves it's an employee scam known as cramming. Uh, so uh, you have people with the Better Business Bureau say you got to watch for this. you got to look at your receipts. If they're doing it so easily, I'm probably not the only one. Yeah, uh, lots of people say 
that this has happened to them. So it's not just Starbucks, but other places across the country. He didn't even tell me the total or anything. He just said my name. I handed him the card I paid. I looked on the app at my receipt, and then I saw that he gave himself a tip. And I was just like, oh, this is just what they're doing here now. Yeah, it's just uh, so wrong. Cramming is where, for example, you go pay for an item and they add a tip without your consent. That is illegal. Yeah, so when you touch that screen, you got to make sure it's gone all the way through. Otherwise, turn it around and sometimes workers who are not on the up and up add a tip as they should not. We're just getting started on this early Thursday morning. So much more to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, sit in friends in the morning. A new survey finds that most New Yorkers worry they will be the next crime victim. We'll get into that. Down at the Jersey Shore, there are some beaches closed. Wait till you hear why. A string of car robberies on Staten Island. Uh, and the thieves, they're coming from Jersey to steal those cars. And this was one that was new to me. Illegal mobile car washes. Apparently, this is a huge deal up in the Bronx. We'll get into that story as well. But first, this at 530. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. We have to get ready because Cindy Adams is here. Cindy Adams is on the town. On this radio station, WABC. Listen to the incredibly charming, unbelievably brilliant. Plus, the hills are alive with the sound of visitors chatting to Siri. Only in New York, kids. Only in New York. Cindy Adams is on. The Cindy Adams Show, Sunday afternoon at 1 on 77 WABC. Radio 77 WABC, Arena Cosby Show. Sergeant Taylor's being praised for his heroic actions and bravery and is now being highly commended for his outstanding job that saved the life of this driver. What a great story and wow, what a dramatic moment too. And thank goodness he was able to save her. No day is the same for our men and women in blue. Listen to the Rita Cosby Show, weeknights at 10, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Thursday, July 13th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today could see an afternoon thunderstorm. High 89 tonight, overnight sky. Scattered showers, low 75, and then Friday clouds, thunderstorms possible again, high 85. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 71 clear in Sleepy Hollow in Westchester, 66 and clear in Sussex down in New Jersey, and it is 74 and clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour with a new survey from the Siena College Research Institute that finds that 61% of New Yorkers fear they'll be the next victim of crime here in New York City. I feel safe in the city. I've lived here my whole life. I was born and raised in Brooklyn. I feel relatively safe. I've lived here 
all my life. I don't feel safe in the trains, no. There's a lot of homeless here. You know, I feel bad for that, but um, we got to do something about that. Yeah, so in this survey, 21% say they're con- very concerned. 40% say they're somewhat concerned. Uh, nearly 9 in 10 of the respondents of this poll think crime is a serious problem, not just in New York City, but all across the state. For the most part, I, I do feel safe. I don't worry about safety in New York. He's- it's going up. It is getting bad. No, it's not imagination. I still feel safe in the city. I haven't changed my behavior a whole lot. I'm out and about on foot, on bicycle, on subway. Way. I will cross the street just to avoid certain things. Yeah, so a little bit of everything there. The poll in which New York City residents reported being most concerned also finds 40% of respondents say they've spent at least $100 security in the last year. 534, let's go out to Newark where a woman was kidnapped forced to withdraw thousands of dollars from her bank account by two men. This happened about 4 p.m. on July 3rd. Not why, not clear why they're just releasing it now, but um, it happened along Adams Street in Newark. pair of men grabbed this woman, forced her into a minivan, then they drove her to her bank on Ferry Street where they ordered her to take out $9,000. After taking the woman's money, they dropped her off a few blocks away. Thank God she's okay. No arrests have been made, but police now releasing pictures of these two wanted men. Down to the Jersey Shore, where everybody's looking to cool off, especially over the last couple days. But uh, swimmers are not incredibly worry-free after being made aware of high levels of fecal matter in the water. I will point out, we get this every year, but apparently it's a little higher this year than other years. It's all runoff after these storms. The New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection's Cooperative Coastal Monitoring Program, it's a long name for a group, they tweeted out yesterday that resamples of more than a, a number of beaches put um, them under advisories where they wanted people to know there's fecal matter uh, on the beach in the water. Uh, let's see. We don't close. The- so this is uh, somebody from the organization uh, says they don't close the beaches, but uh, they want people to know what's going on. We don't close the beach for swimming under an advisory, but we're giving that information to notify the public that there was an exceedance and that we're resampling and that we don't advise anyone that may be immunocompromised or the elderly or very young. So a beach in Atlantic City, several Cape May County beaches were among 13 Jersey Shore waterfront locations put under an advisory this week due to high fecal bacteria levels. People on the sand, not all of them knew about the advisory. Some say they wish they did because they might have gone to another beach. It's 90 degrees out and we figured we can get some good sun and the ocean be warm. Should have been a little bit um, bit out there a little bit more because I don't know that I would have let my kids go in. I'm not worried. It happens a lot of times when there's a lot of rain. Yeah, it does. Uh, and usually these advisories go away quickly if within 24 hours. 536, out to Staten Island. A string of car robberies on Staten Island have police, for the most part, baffled about who's behind it. But a group of thieves have been making their way across the borough looking to steal cars. Uh, one of them uh, was Rob Romeo's car. It was parked right in his driveway. In fact, he saw the guy stealing the car. I saw some individual getting into the car. Strangers getting in your car in broad daylight, you know, and, you know, I have a wife and kids. And you, you really, you know, you're concerned for their safety as well as your own. And- 
Yeah, so by the time he walked out the door, he wasn't sure he wanted to confront them with his family in the house. The guy was gone. His story, not unique. Staten Island cops or cops on Staten Island say they've seen a huge uptick in car thefts. BMWs, Hyundais, Hondas, those are the most popular cars being stolen. Well, we've seen an increase in grand larcenies and grand larceny autos. That's really been plaguing Staten Island. We're looking at BMWs, Hyundais, and Hondas. But for us, what we're looking at is we're looking at... Uh, you know, some homegrown perpetrators, but also perpetrators come from New Jersey. So part of the problem is uh, people are stealing unlocked cars where people leave the key fob inside. It's, you know, it's easy to do, but you got to take that fob with you because otherwise someone has access to the car. The NYPD now working with police in New Jersey to put the brake on these thefts. Uh, Detective Tom Kelly, part of a team reminding neighbors to lock their car doors. He also says maybe you should drop one of those air tags in your car. You can locate it immediately on your phone. You contact the police, tell us where it is. And more often than not, we are able to recover those cars. Yeah, so good idea. Hide the air tag, by the way. Don't just put it out in the open. WABC News Time 539. This was a new one to me. Illegal mobile car washes. Apparently, they're popping up all over the city. But the biggest problem is apparently up in the Bronx. City Council member Rafael Salamanca says he's planning on cracking down on those without a license who set up these mobile car washes so it's a van that they'll park usually in front of a hydrant and leave it there for days on end and people know to come up to this van and you'll get a washing on the street well they're not licensed and they're using water for free from the hydrant which potentially i guess could be dangerous so the city council member wants to stop that many of these vans that are parked number one are not registered with the city of new york they do not move uh, 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 during the entire week. Therefore, during days of alternate site parking and the sanitation sweepers sweeping through, these vans are just sitting there. Salamanca, who spoke to News 12, says he's working with the sanitation department drafting the spill cites the use of taxpayer-funded water without any reinvestment as a key problem caused by these unlicensed car washes. Also, they're using unknown chemicals coming from these car washes. And then, yeah, it's running into the city's sewer system. That's all a big issue. And it's uh, hurting business for people who own car washes that pay taxes to the city and do all the right things. So he says he's going to not try to necessarily run these vans out of business, but make them on the up and up where they have to pay taxes and do everything else everybody else does. They would give them appropriate uh, notification as to, hey, you are performing an illegal service in the city of New York. Here are the mechanisms that you can use through the Consumer Affairs so that you can get licensed. Mayor's office says they are reviewing the legislation before it's proposed to the city council, which is going to be uh, later this morning. 541, let's go out to New Jersey. Four firefighters injured battling a house fire in Passaic yesterday broke out in this multi-level home, 67 Union Avenue, middle of the afternoon, escalated to a five alarmer. Of course, this was a mid just what was a brutally hot day. Passaic Mayor Hector Laura says the firefighters suffered from heat exhaustion. I heard like a big bang and I was here smelling a lot of smoke. Man, it's unbelievable. Hot smoke, a lot of smoke pretty quickly. I saw the windows basically bursting out and the flame was like out everywhere. A May Day call was sent after one of the firefighters went down on the second floor of this two-story home. 
all four of the injured firefighters taken to the hospital. No word this morning on their conditions, but it was rough uh, battling flames. Always is anyway, but especially when it's so hot. These air conditioners can light up on fire. Yes, so they think that this fire started from a faulty air conditioner. These air conditioners can light up on fire. The outside temperature is in its 90s. Humidity is at 80, 90 percent. It's probably the worst scenario you could put us in. Ten people who lived in the home all got out, all accounted for. Red Cross is helping them. But the fire department in Passaic, the mayor in Passaic, sounding this warning to people who have air conditioners, uh, air conditioners rather, running 24-7. In extreme conditions of high temperatures, when we go beyond 90 degrees, it is often the case that families may leave their air conditioners on for extended periods of time. I would advise residents who are listening that it is important to give these resources a break. All right, 543. Back here in New York, New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand pushing to make transit improvements ahead of future storms. It comes just days after that torrential rain damaged roads and train tracks up in the Hudson Valley, impacting Metro North service throughout the Hudson Valley. Climate change is a problem that can no longer be ignored. And unless we act now to prepare for future weather events, the consequences for our cities, our infrastructure, and our residents will continue to be catastrophic. Jill LeBrand says her Resilient Transit Act would create first source of federal funding to help transportation agencies make necessary upgrades before the next storm. And more than 10 years years since Superstorm Sandy, our transit systems are still under-equipped to address the growing threat of climate change. Let's bring it back here into the city. New York City officials taking the Adams administration to task over last month's response to the smoke from those Canadian wildfires. City Council hearing came after public advocate Giamani Williams released a report claiming the city poorly communicated with the public when New York City was overtaken by that orange haze. I don't think there's any way we could, any of us could have been prepared uh, for a sky on fire and the level of how how poorly the air was at that moment in time. What I had focused on is preparation, information, and communication. Meantime, Emergency Management Commissioner Zach Icecold defended the city's response, noting that forecasting the air quality index is complex. They don't shut down city services um, until they get to extreme hazardous levels. We're not California. Well, I would say even in our levels uh, that we were seeing, I would not shut down essential city services. Yeah, there was some intense back and forth. Uh, this between high school and public advocate Jamani Williams. What you're saying is that given the information and the circumstances as they played out, the city did the best it could. Is that accurate? 100 percent. Okay. Which worries me and troubles me a lot because that means given the same set of circumstances again, you would do the same thing. What we could have done more of and how effective we could have gotten it to the people that needed it. That's all I'm talking about. And so we, we're hiding behind the fact of the information that we did. Nobody is hiding behind anything here. Okay. By the way, that smoke uh, is, the fires are not out yet. And it's expected that smoke could, you know, maybe hopefully not that orange haze, but that smoke could easily see back in here again this summer. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk, where Justin Ellick has been practicing international tennis names no, all morning long. No. No, I have not. That'd be a, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that'd be a waste of my time, Noam, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I haven't gotten much better at it, and uh, I took, I did take a couple minutes, and it wasn't, it wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't pretty. Huh? We'll get to that at some point uh, later on here in the report, but starting with the ESPYs, 
Uh, it is the commi- uh, current Midsummer Lull in sports. So last night was the 2023 ESPYs, the annual award show that celebrates the best players, teams, and moments in the world of sports. Notable winners on the night included the Kansas City Chiefs winning best team, their quarterback Patrick Mahomes winning best men's athlete, uh, skier Michaela Schifrin winning best women's athlete, Joey Otani taking home best MLB player, Connor McDavid taking home the award in the NHL, Nikola Jokic for the NBA, Scotty Scheffler for golf and Novak Djokovic for tennis. All of these moments, they were great, but none bigger than the announcement LeBron James had for the audience regarding his future in the NBA. When the season ended, um, I said I wasn't sure if I was going to keep playing. And I know a lot of experts told you guys what I said, but I'm here now speaking for myself. I don't care how many more points I score or what I can or cannot do on the floor. The real question for me is, can I play without cheating this game? Today I can't give the game everything on the floor. Day I'll be done. <clears throat> Lucky for you guys, that day is not today. Oh, wow. Thank God. Yeah, round of applause. That was unbelievable. My God, and it went on for so much longer than that. I mean, that's like a, a third of the entire. So you cut. spared us. That's yeah, good. no, I, def- I, I definitely care. spared it. I, d- I just don't care. I just don't. We all knew he was coming back, so. He will come back for his 21st season, and uh, he joins uh, Nowitzki, Garnett, Robert Parrish, Kevin Willis, and Vince Carter as players to uh, play 21 seasons or more. He made the announcement last night after accepting the award for best record-breaking performance for passing Abdul-Jabbar's uh, all-time leading score record. He'll be 39 years old. That is James in December. Also yesterday, Major League Baseball revealing their international tour for next season, announcing that the uh, L.A. Dodgers and Padres, San Diego Padres, will play MLB's first regular season games in South Korea, opening next season in Seoul on March 20th and 21st. The Astros and Rockies will play in Mexico City on April 27th and 28th, in addition to the two-game series in London on June 8th and 9th between uh, your New York Mets and Philadelphia Phillies, which was announced last month. And here we go, Noma, uh, your women's semifinals uh, 2023 Wimbledon set for this morning, 8.30 a.m. Ukraine's Alina Svitolina, Svitolina, I should say, versus Czech Republic's Marketa Vondrasova, and 10 a.m. Yeah, Tunisia's Anz Jabur versus Belarus's Arena Sabalenka. How was that? You did very well, actually. Yeah, and also I just heard from a little birdie gnome a few minutes ago that the Jets are going to be on Hard Knocks this season. Huh. How about that? That's cool. So that'll be a nice inside look into uh, Aaron Rodgers' first season as a uh, as QB1 for Gang Green. I'm sure Joe Nolan's very, very excited. So that's your sports now, and I'm Justin Ellen. Thank you very much, Justin. Let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. And uh, this is a big one on the Upper East Side, a case of road rage that turned deadly. Uh, A driver in a Chevy pickup truck and a driver in a Volkswagen Jetta going added along East 6th Street. It's not sure or clear what set off the fight between the two, but the driver of the Chevy pickup truck got out of their car along East 60th Street and then slashed the two back tires of that Volkswagen Jetta car. Uh, there were a lot of eyewitnesses. I don't know why the fight started. I just saw the guy stop in the car, gets out of the car, argues a little bit, comes back to the car, grab a knife, goes back, slide the back tire, you know, the, the, front, the front one, goes in front of the car. The next thing that happens, the driver literally goes through. Yeah, so the 54-year-old man who was in the picked-up tri- uh, truck rather slashed the tires of the Jetta. The driver in the Jetta was with his family and may have feared it was going to get worse because he saw that man with the knife go in front of his car. So 
he put the gas on and uh, the car slammed this pickup truck driver into the front of a cafe and killed him. Uh, lots of people, again, because it was four in the afternoon, saw this thing. Uh, Mayor Adams uh, racing to the scene to see what had taken place. They're going to do an investigation and they're going to determine what's the best thing, uh, what exactly happened here. The driver of the Jetta remained on the scene, taken into police custody for questioning. Eyewitnesses again weighing in, saying they think he should not be charged at all, that he was just defending his family. A guy with a knife outside his car didn't know what to do. What would you expect? How would it be your reaction if you had your family inside of the car? A car, a car like pulls over. He was blocking the other car to move and get out of the parking as well where he was. He wasn't given space. So... Literally, like, what would you do? The district attorney's office already involved will determine if the driver will be charged. The wake for one of those two Newark firefighters killed in last week's cargo ship took place in Newark yesterday. His funeral is today. A friend of 45-year-old Augusto Augie Acabo, who was uh, killed in the fire, says uh, he will be missed. Whenever you need him, he was there. He would do anything for anybody. He always was laughing, always kept everybody up high. I mean, I'm sure going to miss him. I'm sure we all are. A beautiful guy, happy, caring, giving, helpful, a really wonderful person. There was a line around the block at this wake with people wanting to express their sorrow to his family. A lot of people in line say they had never met the firefighter before, but they said this was the right thing to do. I was a North police officer for 26 years, and I have fraternal brothership with the fire department too. We always think about like, oh, you're supposed to help me, supposed to help me, but no one thinks about all the dangerous things they have to go through and the families. Akabo's family, uh, rather funeral, will be held this morning at 10 a.m. in downtown uh, Newark. Meantime, Wayne Brook Jr.'s wake will be held today. His funeral is tomorrow. 554, uh, lots of people hanging out in Central Park. In fact, sleeping out in Central Park. We tried to figure out what was going on. We did before we went on the air. Jung Cook, who is from the K-pop group BTS, one of the biggest music groups in the world right now. He's going to hit the stage in Central Park tomorrow for a free concert. So all these girls who are fans of this group, BTS, have been sleeping in the park since Wednesday. The concert's not till tomorrow. It can't be too comfortable with it being close to 100 degrees. These fans say, yeah, it's been a little bit of a challenge to hang out waiting for the concert. It's three, four days of camping. We were just like switching and like bringing each other food and water and like make sure everyone's good. You've been like having like little like you know like paper fans um but it is it's been rough tickets are free that's part of the appeal of people camping out britney spears speaking out about that incident inside a las vegas hotel where she tried to get the attention of nba star vicar Wembayama and ended up getting smacked herself in the face a security guard she tapped him on the shoulder and a security guard went to sort of wave her away from him and in the process pushed her own hand into her face uh, she was hit so hard she actually fell over. I didn't appreciate the people saying that I deserve to be hit because no woman ever deserves to be hit. The pop star says in a post to Instagram yesterday, she was trying to tap the basketball star on the back when security pushed her hand out of the way, knocking her to the ground. There was an apology, but she says she wants a more formal apology. I simply tapped him on the back and I was backhanded, hit my face, came back on the floor. My best friend picked me up. 
Yes, security guards, she says, acted inappropriately, and she's said, yeah, I, give me an apology. On my way into the place, actually, I was knocked down by, like, three 12-year-olds trying to get my picture. My security, not one time, touched me. Yeah, so she said she shouldn't have been touched as well. And finally, a 10% stake in the Led Zeppelin catalog is up for sale today. There's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold, and she's buying the stairway to It's being sold by Helen Grant, who is the daughter of the band's former manager, Peter Grant. Peter left 10% to each of his two children after his death in 1995. It's not clear how much the entire Led Zeppelin catalog is worth now, but in 2016, it brought in a total revenue of $58.8 million dollars. The surviving members of the band are not involved in Helen's sale. I'm Mark Mayfield.